podcasters and welcome to Sexplosion. My name is Caroline Shenya and I'm your coach on all things intimacy, relationships, sex and super consciousness. This is my podcast teaching you about how to sexually liberate yourself to be confident, spicy and fun around intimacy and sex, along with learning how to build a great foundation for strong, long-lasting and passionate relationships. This is unfiltered, uncensored and unexpected. So today's topic is all about sex and communication. My beautiful guest and I will be discussing why communication, well, sex communication is so important, why people find it difficult to discuss sex, and why communication during sex is important. And then we'll talk about the typical issues caused by non-communication and of course the consequences of non-communication. Then, of course, and always has some brilliant tips, so we'll get tips as well. So, the beautiful Anne Skelton is a qualified and accredited master coach, helping people transform relationships, reignite old sparks, and reconnect with the people who are most important to them. Like me, she has been always interested in people, their relationships, and the dynamics within those relationships. So, Anne, a very, very warm and sexy welcome, a second time round to Sexplosion. Hi Caroline, thanks so much for having me again. I'm quite excited about this session. So am I. I really, really appreciate you coming back on for us again a second time. Last time we spoke about sex and marriage and I'm delighted to that you could come along again a second time to talk about sex and communication because we realised during that session that actually sex and communication is like a whole other area to, yeah. to talk about. So that's why you're back on. So the first thing I'd like to ask and to discuss is why is it so important to talk about sex? I think it's one of the things, isn't it, that people don't talk about before they embark on a serious relationship. And, and dating has changed over the years in that sex comes before a relationship now. Um, so, for example, you don't decide that you're going to be together until you've had sex a few times, which is so interesting, a big change. Um, but, yeah, I think it is really important to talk about sex and to understand what it is that you like and what you don't like, because you need to be on the same song sheet. Absolutely. And um, the thing is, is that, you know, people find it so difficult to talk about sex. You know, they are the amount of people that come to me and mostly men actually come to me and just say, you know, I want to try and please my wife, but she won't talk to me. Um, she won't even have sex with me sometimes. And they won't discuss why. It's almost as if they're scared of hurting them, scared of hurting their feelings. But at the end of the day, you know, what is it that's causing them to not be able to discuss the sex? I'm guessing most of the people that come to you with that issue are sort of um, a generation that come from, sort of, well, I know that I was brought up to uh, to understand that sex was just after marriage, that it was something that was seen as seedy and dirty if you did it before marriage. Um, and I think that's changed. So the new, you know, the younger generations now don't have that, they don't have that mentality. They don't need to have that mentality. Things have changed so much. So I would say possibly younger people talk about it a lot more. But if you're talking about sort of the 40 somethings, I think you'll find that it's possibly simply because of the way they were brought up and the expectations of their parents and society on how they behave and having sex before marriage. 
Yeah, you're right. Because you know what? I was going to do one of these sex explosions about it was about sex and uh, menopause, actually. Um, and I was going to have to do that in the car because we had to go off and we had to go and prepare for a choir session that we were singing. And um, and everyone was saying to me, I was saying to them, yeah, I'll come for the beginning, but I have to go and do my sex explosion. And they're going, well, obviously I didn't call it sex explosion. I called it sex uh, podcast. And they said, um, oh, so uh, what's your podcast about? Now, bearing in mind all these people are around my age and old. I said, oh, it's uh, it's about sex and menopause. And they went, oh, and they all went, oh, and they didn't know what to say or what to do. And in fact, when they described, when I said to people later, when I came back and they said, oh, what were you doing? They'd be laughing about it. It's like, it's almost like it's something they just cannot talk seriously about. It's really frustrating yeah. because I am so open and so, you know, able to speak that uh, about it in general. I mean, yeah, it, uh, it it does. It has happened to me before where I've been. I found it difficult. Like, like there's somebody that rang me up once and she said, "Look, I'm asking you, Caroline. She said, I don't normally talk about this, but I'm giving you a call because my fella, he will do everything but." do what I want. So he'll go down and he'll go on the side. He's not actually on the, the, the click kind of thing. She said, right. and she said, Oh, she said, I don't know what to do. I said, just tell him. She said, do you think I, I said, yes, just tell him the poor sod has got no idea that he's doing it in the wrong bit, you know, in between <laughs> the leg and the flap, you know, instead of inside yeah. the flap. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, how can you go through life? Like a, for him not realizing that he's in the wrong bit. And that, I think that was with his hand, by the way. It wasn't the mouth, it was his hand. And, and, and for, the, for also for somebody not actually saying, look, you're, you're in the wrong bit there. I mean, you don't have to speak, right? You don't have no. to speak. Communication can be um, body language. Like, like all she has to do, wouldn't you agree, Anne? All you've got to do is move the hand into the right bit, right? It's yeah. not rocket science, but some people find it. They look lying there like waiting and waiting for them to move it to the right bit. And you know what? Some of the most functional sexual relationships are where couples can just talk. But it's yeah. this barrier, isn't it? It's this barrier of not not being able to. And I know what it is. fear, isn't it? It's yeah. fear of speaking out and then finding that the other person doesn't agree or doesn't understand what you're saying or feels that you know you might be a bit forward you know all those sort of ego issues that come into into play just make us feel like we can't actually step over that barrier and go do you know what I really like it when yeah and they they think they'll offend them as well like yeah. it's like there, there is a way of saying it, like what you're doing, you're doing, you know, obviously it's got to be said in a, in a nice kind from love and from the heart kind of, you know, way, yeah. like either just moving the hand or just see what I find is talking can sometimes, if I was to say, oh, oh that, that hurts. Or, oh, and then the other one's saying, oh, the, oh, is it better? And then the moment goes, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's, a, that's another problem is like, you really want to say something, but it's like, oh, the moment's going to go and that's going to take them out of their, especially if they find it difficult, you know, like some women, sorry, some men either come too quick or they come too slow. And those that come too slow, you break their their thought pattern yeah. and, then, and then they go back to square one again. So sometimes yeah. actually it can be difficult because you don't yeah. want to lose the moment. 
it just got me thinking about a TikTok um, video that I'd seen about the clitoris. Ah. And, um, there's a, I, I think she's a, she might be a doctor, but it's worth looking on TikTok because she explains exactly where the clitoris is and it's way bigger in area than you think and about the G spot as well. So um, if anybody wants some tips on, you know, what the clitoris, where it actually is and how to find various bits, watch TikTok. <laughs> Just type Don't in you worry, Anne, because I have got <laughs> plenty of guests coming on in the next, right through until next March. Awesome. And we're going to talk about the clitoris and the erogenous zones, all that stuff too, yeah. um, from the experts there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, everybody look out for that for sure. So what I wanted to ask you as well is what are the typical issues caused by non-communication of sex? I guess really the the most important thing is that you just don't feel comfortable while you're having sex. Yeah. And then if you don't feel comfortable, you don't relax. If you don't relax, sex isn't good. <laughs> no, that's um, it. And And also part of it is that you're not actually present with it yeah, are you exactly. you're if not you're just wandering, wandering off thinking oh why doesn't he or she do that why why are they doing that that's that's not that's not quite oh no that's not quite the right place or whatever you know so you you are you're not focused on the actual act of having sex you're focused on the bits that are missing or the bits that are there but not quite right so as that is a problem like for a lot of people what can we do to try and encourage communication uh during during sex or around sex like if there are issues like okay we've just been talking about sex while it's happening but what if there is somebody who actually has intimacy issues and they want to 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 do it but they are so fearful and tired of trying and trying and not being able to speak about it because that can that can create a huge you know, disconnection in a relationship when the man, for example, or the woman, either way, you know, what what can we advise people um, when there is an actual intimacy issue, whether it's a man or a woman? So with a man, it could be when there's an actual intimacy issue and the, the let's just take, let's just say in this particular scenario, it's a woman that has the intimacy issue and the man has got no idea why the woman doesn't want to do it I mean she did it before so they can't understand why she did it before and now she's suddenly sort of, you know they think well so does she not love me anymore does she not fancy me anymore and they get they get a real sense of rejection and it really does ruin their own confidence so yeah. there are many 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 couples in that position um, because I see it and I hear about it all the time from from my audience in TikTok so and I actually had some clients as well. I did have a client, I mean, um, well, a few clients where um, that has been a problem. And for me, c coaching is the answer, right? Coaching, wouldn't you say coaching is the answer, but... Yeah, absolutely. Like, go on. Yeah, no, I was going to say that there are so many contributing factors to that issue in itself. Um, there's tiredness, there's time of the month, there's, the, you know, the kids have been keeping you on your feet all day. Then there's issues between the couples themselves where, you know, certainly for most women, it's really difficult to just have sex when the communication outside of sex isn't quite right. You mean like um, arguments and things like that? Yeah, exactly. You know, whereas men can more often than not, men can just switch off and just go, you yeah, know I what, can't. let's just forget it. Let's 
to have sex and let's just get on with it, you know, and make up, um, whereas lots of women just can't do that. Um, so there's so many contributing factors, but I suppose one of the things that you could do if, if that isn't the issue is to ask your partner, what can I do that will help us to have a better sex life? Yeah, great question. And also, so so the both of them, I think around that question is to sit each other down together and in a, in yeah. a, like a, almost like an interview but I don't mean it as formal as that I mean just to make yeah. sure there's no distractions make sure you're in somewhere no one can bother you and yeah. actually to say like because some people just say it like just like that and that just doesn't work does it Anne you've got to no. sit there and you've got to say okay I'm going to talk to you about something that is really difficult for me to say I'm finding it so hard I found it so hard to discuss but I'm going to talk to you about it um, and what I'd like you to do is to listen to me first so just listen to hear me out and then when I've said my bit and not to interrupt me because a lot of people interrupt don't they when they they go oh, and they start you know and it's like to say at the beginning don't interrupt me and actually what we're saying what we're saying here is typical for all conversations not just about sex and to it's say that only your bit isn't it and you know starting the conversation with something positive is good so i really love it when you do that you know but when you do this it doesn't do anything for me or when you're in this area i would prefer you to be slightly to the left slightly to the right a little bit further up a little bit further down you know are you happy for me to direct you so that you own the part in it that's yours and then give them the opportunity to accept your feedback if they want to the thing about that question is you have to be prepared to hear the answer yeah that's right and what is the toughest bit and the thing is is that I know for me I'm um, like not number nine on the enneagram I don't like conflict and it's and, and and I you know I still I mean the way you feel don't just go overnight. It takes time to work on it. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll feel in the end about talking about those things. So the more partners talk to each other about what they like and what they don't like, the better. And the thing is, it's a good idea to have those conversations beforehand because then when it comes to actually doing it, then you've already told them. But if they still haven't done it right, then you have that conversation again or just move their arm or leg or, or face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it is something that people find they're going to offend them. So, yeah. What would you say to say when you're having that conversation with somebody, what would you say to stop them feeling like they're being rejected, feeling uh, like they're useless and no good? It's all about performance sometimes at the end of the day. And the man feels like they've got to, you know, perform. Yeah, I suppose, you know, there could be so many issues involved in this. That it's really difficult to kind of a, give a blanket answer to that. Um, but I would always say to all my clients in any way, whether it's about sex or the relationship, you have to focus on the positives. So the things that are good. So always make sure that you're saying to your partner, I love it when you do X, Y and Z, whatever it might be, even if it's just washing the dishes, because if that's what you like them doing, you're going to get more of it. 
there are so many issues around that it's very difficult to give like a blanket answer to it but if you concentrate on focusing on the positives so I love it when you do the dishes I love it when you touch me there I love it that you smack my bum I love it that you wink at me it, whatever it might be because the things that you do like those are the things you want more of so if you focus on that you'll get more of those things if it's a if it's something that you really really want but you're not getting then you have to have that conversation yeah, definitely. And the thing is, is that, I mean, during sex, right, this is one that I is, you know, so important. It's like I've had a few partners. In fact, my, my husband now doesn't say a word, right? So, you don't, <laughs> so you don't know. If, I mean, obviously, I understand if there are children in, in other rooms. I understand that. We don't have any children in other rooms, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it's like it's really important, you men, because men don't. I don't know what it is. Women, I think women are more vocal than men. From what I understand, more women are vocal than men. And the men, like, there are some. I mean, there was one, this, this Afghan man I was with a long, long time ago. He honestly was like a horse. He was like, oh! he was like, really, I was like, he's behind me. I was thinking, flipping it. But that that's good, you see. I mean, that is too noisy, I think, for other people, even neighbours. But to have a little bit of noise, just to go, even if it's just, oh, oh mm, <laughs> even that makes such a difference because otherwise you just it's like you're just doing something you've got no idea if it's good or not you know <laughs> I think the problem with that is that, that that's a, a historical thing that's ingrained in men um it's about safety it's about being able to procreate but being safe so fast ejaculation not making a sound that's all about not being made um visible or audible to your potential attackers um interesting so, yeah so it, it it's really difficult because you're fighting with that that's already there that's you know part of the brain that's you know been there for centuries um well, since time began, I guess, since man first walked the earth. Um, I'd probably say that Adam and Eve probably had the same problem. <laughs> they probably did, you know. And you know what? My husband's got a, a back, back, a lot of back pain at the moment. I was giving him massages to help him before he went to sleep with some anti-inflammatory. Anyway, I'm doing all that to his back pain. He's going, oh, like this. He's going, oh, that's great. And I said, so you can say it when I'm doing a massage, but you can't say it when we're in bed together goes oh yeah it's like they don't even realize you know yeah it's amazing yeah. it's amazing yeah. so you know what i think that a lot in fact all relationships that fail the one thing i mean obviously the ego's got a lot to do with an understanding wouldn't you agree because you've done the same work as me the understanding of the ego and how it's trying to keep you safe and you get triggered don't you from when you're a child something happens to you traumatically and someone will innocently say something to you and and you will see it as like red a red nice rag to rule yeah. you know yeah. and and it's it's realizing that the person that has said that is understanding that that's actually a trigger. And the person that's been triggered understands that actually it's nothing to do with that person. They've said something in, you know, very innocently. Yeah. So again, although it's doing the work of understanding 
what the ego is and how it keeps you safe and how it triggers you to, to, to stop doing something or say something or get really frightened or whatever. If apart from learning that, it's communication. Like, for example, um, with my husband now, I mean, he's actually said, I've actually said thank you to the ex-wife because she's actually done a lot of work already on him because of his <laughs> upbringing. Yeah, and she's done a lot of work. But obviously, I'm doing the next stage of his development, I guess. And um, and he he I've understood my ego where where um, you know none of the relationships have ever worked uh, through the years because I've got this pattern where when I get close to someone something will happen they will say something or do something and I'm self sabotaging but obviously I'm completely unconscious to it and there's and and actually when they do that let's say they pick their nose or whatever it's like uh, uh that's a no brainer that's it finish finish. And literally within a, a day, it's all, it's all over. And now I know that it's me sabotaging that relationship so that I don't get smothered because that's what used to happen to me is I'd go, I, I, I now know I was smothered with love, which obviously is a good thing. But my little two-year-old brain or whatever brain I had at that time, whether it's two, three, whatever, I felt suffocated. And so my, my, my ego is sabotaging relationships. So I don't get suffocated again. Now I know that now. And, that, yeah. and then at 55, I mean, I'm 58 now, but 55 years old, I learned that. And now I'm in a relationship where I'm communicating with my husband and I explain to him all this. So when he says something or does something, it hasn't happened for a long time, I have to say, but I've saved my relationship nine, t hold on, nine times because I've been able to, uh, First of all, understand what's going on, but I've communicated that with him. And then yeah. when it's when it's happening, I say, "Oh my God, that's it! It's happening! This is this is this is no this is not going to go anywhere now. This is it. This would normally now I understand. So I'm saying, right, this would normally break up the relationship, but he knows now. So between the two of us, he says, "Okay, just let it pass. You know, this is that. You know, your ego. Just let it pass. This is not going to ruin the relationship. Da 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 da. We're going to right, and it passes. Right, that." Really giving certainty. Yeah. And it's really that's really impressive. Well, the thing is, you see, is if everybody knew this little piece of information that you learn about your own psyche, your own ego, it get it changes the relationship a hell of a lot. So yeah. honestly, I wouldn't be with Greg today if I didn't know that information. And if I didn't know the work we do to know how to communicate. And that's why, isn't it, that coaching is so so important because you see what happens is people communicate in the same way they've always communicated but it doesn't get them anywhere because that's the same old pattern the same old words the same old you know um environment the same old everything that they've done before and clearly it's never worked so by changing that pattern changing the way you think and i always think i always say uh, Greg will come in to me, right? He, I'm asking, I don't know what it is. It's when I'm all talking about something to do with a computer and you come in and it makes him really wound up. I still have to do a childhood incident on, on that childhood experience to see what it is. But he'll come in and, and he'll start getting wound up and I'll say, are you talking to me with love and from the heart? And he'll go, and it'll like slap him out of it and he'll go, no. He, he said that once, by the way. Otherwise, he normally he just snaps out of it and just changes the way he speaks but he'll go away and he'll come back when he's talking to me when he's calmed down talking to me with love and with heart now that's the same 
with sex and communication is you can't be saying, oh, you keep doing it like that, stop doing it like that or whatever. And I know so many men that have come to me and she said, what's the matter? Like when they can't come, for example, she'll say, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you, what's going on? She, that's the worst. <laughs> that is what's the matter with him because she probably talks to him like that. Exactly. And it's just so dysfunctional, isn't it? And that poor man, next time he's thinking, oh my God, it makes him worse because all he's thinking about is performance after that. And instead of like being present in the moment and just, to, you know, uh, capturing that sexy moment during that few hours, minutes, whatever it takes. All he's thinking about then is, oh my God, you know, I've got to make sure I come quicker. It just doesn't work. And the same the other way around when it's too quick. You know, if the woman says that, and I always remember, it's something actually I've always, always been very aware of. Because once, Anne, I'm not exaggerating, right? There was a lot of hair. I don't like hair, but this one was full of hair, right? And I'm not exaggerating. All I could see was that. Right? <laughs> you might have to explain that for the listeners. They might oh, yeah, the listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, see. yeah. Thank, thanks, Anne, yeah. So <laughs> what it is is like it's really, really hairy. And he was – but he was so small that literally only the head was poking out of the hair. And honestly, I almost said to him, where is it? I mean, luckily I stopped myself to say, <laughs> where is it? Yeah you know, rummaging through the undergrowth, you know, like, and what's his name? Bellamy, whatever his name was. That's David probably a bit Bellamy. old. Yeah, David Bellamy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's for the older listeners here because the young ones yeah, right now. they can look him up. They can look him up. Yeah, but he used to you always say, oh, rummaging through the undergrowth. And that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I had to do. I was like looking for it. But obviously I didn't say that because obviously that's going to ruin, you know, yeah. his confidence in that. Um, and actually... When I did find it, and it was erect, I'm not exaggerating here because I'm not an exaggerate. I don't exaggerate. Is the thing you do, Dar, when it was erect, has got to be in the length of my middle finger. All right. I couldn't really feel it inside. And I think that's really unusual. I have never, ever in my however many years I've been, you know, I did 15 years of like just having sex with whoever I wanted. I just let myself go and I just did whatever I wanted. You know, after my marriage, it was just like so horrific I'll tell you about that in a minute actually there's some things that he said to me that was really damaging but ah. going back to this one so um it's really really unusual for for, for that uh, situation where someone is so tiny um and I, I could hardly feel it and he goes to me after so oh, how was it for you was it all right as if he knew you know that that would be I said no no it's fine because obviously I'm not going to say anything that is po that's probably not honest but I think in some cases, I think you have to be because otherwise it really will offend the person. There's nothing you can do about it. That is his size no. and that's it. Well, there's nothing he can do about his size, but, you know, there are other things he could do that would help sexually that may not be just, you know, um, penetration, but at least... You know, there's there's lots of things that you can do. And don't that. forget toys. You know, I sell toys now. Yeah. Did you know that? I sell toys, love honey toys. And uh, honestly, you can have a lot of fun with a great big rubber cock, honestly. You can get all different sizes, all different widths. I know yep. they can have fun like that. I mean, I, I, you know, this was actually the man I'm talking about 
I can't actually say because that person might be listening. So I can't say actually. <laughs> I was going to say when it was because, you know, it was anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, so actually during my marriage, you know, he he used to make me feel absolutely dreadful. Uh, I remember um, if I'd be, if I didn't go down on him properly, he would literally walk out the room. How can you do that to somebody? It's just. Well, that's a narcissist. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, and I was like, oh my God, he's just walked, he's just walked out. And of course, every time after that, it was a, it was a real issue for me because you see, to be honest, he, he probably, you know, even though it was, a, you, you always have a good, there's always something good that comes out of a bad situation. And in actual fact, what he did is he made me really good. And after that, um, people, you know, used to comment on how I used to do it because it was, you know, for them, it's like, oh my God. In fact, you know, they say that old wives tell that a man will go blind if he, if he masturbates. Well, I always remembered that and just thought, you know, and, but what happened once is that I was going down on a, on a young man and when I finished, he goes, oh, my God, he said, I can't see, I can't see. I might have said this before on my podcast, you can't see. But the reason why is because he, he scrunched his eyes up so tight when I was doing it. <laughs> he actually blinded himself. So now I know where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, um, I wonder yeah. if there was any foundation behind that. Now I know. Yeah, but exactly. About what you just said, actually, um, it's made me remember that and this goes across the board in relationships, all relationships and life, is that we all have expectations. So your husband had an expectation that you would um, give him, a, can I say, BJ? Yeah, go but, on, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In, in the way he expected. And that is basically what happens when two people come together. We have expectations about what a relationship should be, could be, must be, is, whatever. Um, and those expectations are very rarely met because we meet somebody who has got a different set of values, has been brought up in a different way, just has a different thought process, whatever, and different ideas about what a relationship is. So we have to remember that sometimes we have expectations that won't always be met and they can transfer into the bedroom as well or wherever it is that you have sex because I know it's not always Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, no. Um, that's an, that's another it. podcast, that is. Um, <laughs> you know, um, what's very interesting is uh, it, with what you're saying, uh, it's very true about expectations. And, you know, there are some men, and this is young men, by the way, and this is when I was doing my 15 years of being a cougar. They would, they would ask me straight away, what do you like them? What position do you like? And I was like, okay, okay. There is a time and a place. Like, but I know what it is with them. They're trying to turn themselves on. They love to know what. So it's not a, so when they ask those questions, it's not about a loving relationship and really wanting to know what you like. It's because they just want to get off on it. And in actual fact, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and in fact, with those conversations, you know, I'm not, I, okay, at first, right, at the beginning, when I was all, like, in my sexual peak, I didn't mind. And in fact, oh, my God, once I remember, I was, I was, I was, um, I'm not even going to say what job I was in, right, because people will know. But I was sitting there, and they were texting me, 
um, and they were saying all these things they would do to me and I would literally get soaking wet and I was and I had to stop him talking to me I said you've got to stop it I said I can't be doing this I'm working I you know I'm, I'm, I'm doing a serious job here and yeah. I can't be wet all the time it's just not right <laughs> so um so I had to stop that but yeah you know um that you know for long distance relationships that's quite good but you know what it got to the point where it's like okay okay let's just stop doing the text here I want to touch you I need to touch you and so that's you know that's that's quite good to know what people want because then you in those texts or even if it's um a long distance um like zoom call you know there are some people that just you know have like zoom sex I suppose you could call it or yeah, skype yeah. sex it was skype Phone sketch sex. Sex. Yeah. yeah, but it's uh, but it, it gets to the <laughs> but it gets to the point where you just need to have it. But in a way, you know, that could be the answer to couples that that need to talk. Like instead of you know being face to face touching each other, it may well be that you be separate places and you talk like that and you get going that way and yeah. learn about each other that way. It could be an easy way of doing it. I mean, if you live together, then actually go away and separate from each other and go somewhere else and do Zoom and just talk about it like that. Because I think that is a really, uh, for me especially, it was a really good way of getting those juices going, Anne. Yeah. You know, so when you actually get together, my God, it's like fireworks, like this explosion thing behind me, yeah. you know, absolute explosion. Yeah. Thinking back to your question, actually, about um, communicating about sex and sitting down and, and talking about it. One of the things that some of my couples find useful is to sit wherever you can in the house where one of you is kind of on one wall and the other one is. 90 degree angles I'm talking here so one is in one place and one is in the other but you can hear each other and speak to each other and but you're not actually looking at each other so that it removes the discomfort of I need to say something and I'm worried about what their reaction might be they can you you don't see the reaction you just hear the answer it takes away a sense you know because you can't see them yeah um, you know that's quite good and that will also transfer into what you're saying you know that okay it may may not be at a distance if you're just around the corner but you can do the same thing you do, you're not seeing each other but you can express you know your need to be together and be intimate from a distance that way as well you know what it reminds me of Anne a confession you know when you go to the priest yeah. and you confess it's the same yeah. thing isn't it yeah but the priest can see your face you just can't see his yeah exactly <laughs> Although I did find a trick to do that when I used to go to confession um if you get really really close to the the mesh thing that they have there you can see him <laughs> so you know which place you're confessing to and then oh. i'll choose what i would confess <laughs> oh my goodness well listen but that's um, another thing isn't it you know religion and sex because because religion depicts sex as a bad thing then of course you feel like you've got to confess about you know sex to the priest and you know that that's that must be quite hard for people to mix that confession sort of mentality with just being free and having sex it is it is and luckily things are changing because I mean I don't know if it's whether it's because they just the men just wanted me get get me into bed but I used to say you know I used to sleep first time with people and um and I think oh god you know I should be doing it but it's like men do it why can't girls do it and it didn't do me any harm it actually helped me I I mean I, I couldn't do 
the job I'm doing now if I hadn't done all that, you know, because it's all oh, about exactly. sex for me, isn't it? And, and, and I learned loads we about it. But have got that experience to help all of us who don't have the same experience and need that assistance. So, you know, other sex coaches have gone through probably something similar or they've done a lot of research with people like you who have got a lot to tell and they've done their research. So therefore, you know, they can share your experience through them or someone else's experience through them to help others who aren't as free. Yeah. And the thing is, you see, is I was in the same place as them because I couldn't discuss it, um, especially yeah. especially as, you know, um, I went to Sunday school, didn't I? And I was I, 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 I learned that it's for naughty girls. Like it's not a good. No good girls do that. So, yeah. you know, I, I felt I, I actually thought I couldn't enjoy it. I wasn't allowed to enjoy it. And so. I'm really grateful that my sexual peak came along because that liberated me completely. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to let go. And you don't realize you're actually holding on. It's like you're actually stopping yourself. It's really weird because the moment I let it go, I thought, oh, and actually what it was is I relaxed. That's what actually happened is I relaxed like that. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this is what it should feel like. But that's because I got the sexual peak. That is what helped me. You know, it kind of, I felt like it. I needed oiling and that gave me the oiling that I need to, to just yeah. be smooth and just let go and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, you see, there's so many women who are my age and older that have never experienced proper sex. And, and I don't mean like, well, yeah, dirty sex too, because there's nothing wrong with that either. But a loving, uh, you know, proper making love, you know, between a couple. And really, um, it's only when I met Greg after I'd been through all the sex. Well, no, actually, I was still in my sexual peak when I met him. But I had gone through all of that and let myself go so that when I was with him, it's almost as if Anne, I was preparing myself for him because I suddenly actually, I actually understood making love because I actually felt love whilst making it and I'd never ever felt that before and uh and I think that you know that for me was a massive turning point I was so excited about it I couldn't believe it I said did you feel it I said did, did you feel it did you feel it and he goes yeah yeah but he'd felt it before even though he has his own issues he actually because the the woman you know the wife he had before he was absolutely totally totally in love with um and he said he felt that too but i but i th i actually think everybody feels love in a different way everyone's yeah. individual and that's just the way i felt it and maybe what i was describing i know it sounded like when i was describing it i mean i, I actually couldn't describe it now it's just such an uh, an unusual feeling that he said, oh, he had it before. But maybe it was something slightly different. Maybe the way I understood it was different. But everybody explained, you know, experienced that in a different way. And I feel sorry for those that have not been able to experience that closeness during sex because of their own ego that's stopping them from, you know, it's breaking through it. And the only way to break through it is through, you know, doing the healing that, that we do, which is like to find the actual... Uh, memory I mean in some cases it could be a multitude it could, might not be one memory it could multiple because at the end of the day yeah, when we're growing yeah. up it's the it's the repeating repeat 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 of that message that yeah. we get into our head isn't it so um well talking of that because I, I want to touch on something that you said 
in that last part of the conversation where you mentioned Naughty Girl and how that has become sort of an accepted description of women who have sex, children who are doing something naughty. Um, it doesn't make them a naughty girl or a naughty boy. The thing they're doing is naughty. So that that's another, another sort of tip really is to stop considering things naughty you know or people naughty because it's not the people that are naughty it's the thing that they do so for example you could have somebody who's really really kind but has no money and stole some bread and some beans from the shop that's a naughty thing to do but actually they're still quite a good kind person they were just desperate so yeah labeling people and just label the issue then we are taking another step forward to accepting that you know people aren't naughty necessarily what they do is naughty yeah, absolutely. Um, and sex and, but, isn't naughty. Well, exactly. Sex is not naughty. It is something that we have. It's personal. Yeah, but it's it's something that we've all been given to multiply, and they've made yeah. the the way that we multiply on this planet a very enjoyable activity. Um, and it's and actually, see what I don't understand, Anne, is that the Romans. They didn't worry about stuff like that. They were very, very open. They had brothels all over the place. In fact, in Pompeii, they found these little rooms, which would have probably had a, a curtain in front, just in the street with this um, slab of big, big, big block with like a bit that looked like a pillow um, where people could just go in and just have sex whenever they wanted. They would even do it. I mean, even the Egyptians had I'm not saying this is right, but they had incest. There was no, what I'm trying to say, there was no barrier with sex. And so where on earth did this, this made-up thing that sex is, is not something that you should do? I mean, you know, with the religion, with, with um, priests, I mean, Jesus had Magdalene, Magdalene, what's her name again? Magdalene, I can't remember her name, but you know what I mean. Mary Magdalene. That's Mary. the one, Mary yeah. Magdalene. He had her and he actually had children. But what, so why, why on earth has the Catholic religion decided that sex is a bad thing? And um, is, it, is it the Catholic? I mean, I don't honestly know where that came from, to be honest. I think just generally anyway, just the media, that we're all instilled with fear wherever we look. We are. Wherever we, we are. look. We and are. So if you don't tell anyone how many times you have sex, who you have sex with, where you have sex, who knows? Unless you are with somebody who's going to take pictures and videos and post it publicly, which obviously be careful of that, you know, but unless somebody knows exactly how many people you've slept with or where you have sex or how many times you have sex, it's your personal information that nobody needs to know. They don't know how many times you go to the toilet. They don't know how many times no. you eat food in a day. Why do they need to know how many times you have sex or who it's with? It's it's personal. Yeah, and there are some men at the beginning, like, during that 15 years of me going crazy, wanted to know how many men I'd had. <laughs> and I'd, say, I'd, I'd say, yeah, and I'd say, I'm not going to tell you, it's none of your business. Yeah. and your business and and maybe and, i mean saying how many men is one thing but talking about previous relationships so that it helps you with another relationship because i i find that does help sometimes i mean i asked greg all about his wives all of them the two wives not got six like henry <laughs> two of them, right and um and at first he found it quite 
difficult because many, many women be very, very jealous about them talking about that, about even the thought of them being with another man. But I'm not like that. I learned from it. And the amount of questions that and he doesn't ask me a single thing about mine, not one question, because he doesn't, he's just, he's just, no, he's, he's just happy. learned. I mean, yeah, he doesn't need to know, but he doesn't actually. No, he who assists me, if you want to talk to me about it, then I'm, I'm ready to listen, but I will never ask. And that's just the way he's been brought up. You know, it's always about the way we've been brought up, eh? Well, yeah, there, there is that. But also, I mean, I think you're quite unique. I don't think there's a lot of people like you who want to know and feel like they can learn from previous relationships. Mm. You're right, partner. you're right. So, you know, most of the time it is in the past and it's irrelevant to the relationship now and you know your mentality is good around it and that's great but for the people that don't have that mentality talking about past relationships makes you attract somebody going through a similar sort of issue if you talk about your previous relationships you're more than likely going to attract somebody who has gone through something similar and that is what you end up having common with them so then when all of that is clear and those relationship problems are gone with the past relationship, you have nothing in common anymore. Mm. And that's why often second marriages fail because they've talked so much about the problems that they've had with the previous partner. That has been their thing in common. And then when that's gone and it's all cleared and the dust has settled, they're like, why am I with this person? How interesting. Wow. You don't have enough in common. Sometimes it's not worth having that conversation. But if they're, for anybody who's like you, Caroline, and is prepared to learn from previous relationships and issues that have come up, then yes, by all means, ask those questions. But if you aren't ready to hear the answers, no, and you definitely aren't ready not. to learn those answers, don't ask those questions about previous relationships. It's not no. going to help you. <laughs> No, and um, and the thing is, you see, is that because he's told me about the other relationships, I've been able to help him understand why that broke up. Yeah. And he and he says to me things like, "Wow," he says, I've, "I've never thought about it like that." He goes, "And you know what he's actually said to me, Anne? I don't blame them now. I understand completely why they split up with me." So he's so, learned. He's oh, he's learned definitely learned. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's massive, you know. But probably for about probably 80 to 85 percent of the population they're not ready to learn about themselves no, it's not. all about what the other person is doing wrong and this is all what external I all external still looking inside yeah, yeah everything else that's going wrong everything else that's happening you couldn't possibly be wrong because they do this wrong and they do that wrong and they don't do this and they don't do that and they always or never do this that or the other um so the most important thing is to look at yourself absolutely well on that note that is the end um thank you thank you so so much Anna. it's been really i've been always enjoyed conversations with you anyway <laughs> so listen um if you can give them one tip one tip that uh, you can give them before we close and then i'd like you to say your social media so they can contact you if they want to yeah um one tip um we're gonna go communication on sex yeah um yeah. one tip yeah to ask that question what what can I do to make our sex life better? Yep. Okay, cool. Brilliant. And now if you could give us your social media, so like I'll put it also in the chat of this yep. um, Facebook live, but if you could tell us what your uh, contacts is and then anyone wants to contact yep. you, they you can. can. find me on LinkedIn as Anne Skelton. You can find me on um, 
Facebook as Anne Skelton on my page. And you can find me on Instagram as the relationship coach, the underscore relationship underscore coach, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I have got my picture. What else is there? I am on TikTok and I'm also so on Twitter, um, TikTok, The Relationship Coach, Twitter, The Relationship Coach. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Quite Thank easy. you so much. So uh, for, for me, is uh, we've got um, HTTPS forward slash forward slash colon link tr dot e e and then Caroline Shenier and everything, all the goodies, all the sex goodies, all of the sex toys, you know, all the things that can help you with sex is all there as well as my blog and everything else um and of course a link for this so thank you very very much Anne. yeah just one more thing before we go is to remember if you ask that question you know what can i do to make our sex life better be prepared to hear the answer yes because it might not be what you think it is and it might be something that either you're not comfortable with doing or hadn't realized so it is important to learn from the answers to that question very good. I'm glad you added that bit. That bit is so, so important and wow. So next month, Saturday, the 1st of October, we have the first of a few men, yes, a few men talking on this podcast. So the first one is Joe Templin from the USA. He will be my guest talking about sex and honesty. And we'll be discussing why honesty is so important and the consequences of dishonesty and obviously loads more so come back right here for some more explosive unscripted conversation hope you've enjoyed listening this week and thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in to your success i'm out